0: i oh.
1: Rollers, welcome back to a special episode of Throne Hands. I'm Jacob Janowski. Alongside me, per usual, is Daniel Woods. Daniel, how are you? I'm doing good, Jacob. How are you? I'm great, thanks. And we have a special guests on today. We have uh, Zach Cummings, UFC uh, contender. How are you doing, my man? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. All right, so we're just going to hop right into this. How did you get your start in MMA? Whew, um,
0: mainly just kind of been in sports my whole life with... Uh, wrestling wrestling in college for a little bit had a bad knee injury just kind of trying to find something to fill a void in my life that was missing out and uh mixed martial arts jujitsu all that kind of did it and then the competition side started uh presenting itself and kind of ran with it from there
1: okay so when you started your career you got off to ten no start what type of momentum and confidence does that bring to the table for you
0: <sighs> oh, i mean <sighs> Yeah, there was definitely a lot of confidence in there um i had you know i went undefeated as an amateur as well i had six amateur fights and then 10 and 0 as a pro uh even back then it was still it was just a hobby it was something i did on the on the side i was going to school to, uh, to become a physical therapist and uh yeah it was just kind of one of those where you know i i worked like three jobs trained went to school this i mean just a really busy college life and uh, it was just something i loved to do and and did for my free time, uh, and then you know just kind of the the fight started getting a little a little higher profile, a little more serious, uh, a little more pay, and uh, just as we kind of you know progressed through, it just kind of took over my life. Like it was never the plan to kind of make a career out of this, but kind of kind of what happened. So uh, I mean, yeah. So I'm grateful for it, but yeah, it was uh, it wasn't really planned, but definitely uh, started off. Uh, I think it took me like, somewhat. I, I I fought Terry Martin, who was in the UFC. You know, back then I had no idea even how to get in the UFC how to, even uh, like, really have that contact at all and stuff. And just it was a whole nother level, is what you thought. So me being able to fight someone who's competed at that level and go out and uh, and have a pretty dominant victory, um, I felt, um, you know, I, I it, it kind of was a reassurance that you know I was good I could I could actually do this thing but it still it still didn't really hit home till years years later honestly.
2: So the early part of your career kind of in terms of time it seems like kind of coincided with MMA becoming like more of a mainstream sport in the United States. What was that like uh, kind of uh, being a part of something that was growing so fast earlier in your career?
0: Yeah it's one of those where like you know, you look back at it now, and it really makes sense like that. But at the time, you know, you just kind of you just flown with it. It's just, uh, it was a hobby. It was just something I was doing. Um, and like like I said before, like I had no idea how to get in the UFC. Like I thought, like you had to train with like Pat Militich or you know one of those uh, Team Quest or like that's the only gyms that basically would like get lasting replacements, get people in the UFC, and that was about it. Um, you know, I was in a, a little town in Springfield, Missouri and had basically no clue. And then uh, the ultimate fighter kind of helped out. That was a big deal um, of basically the only access to get in really is to like go through the ultimate fighter tryouts and see that and kind of grow with that process. Um, my teammate, Michael Johnson, he was able to get in on like season 11 or something like that. I don't remember, but, uh, and when he was actually able to make the show did well and got in the UFC, like that, Opened my eyes a little bit more that hey, like this could be a possibility, and everything. So just yeah, as the years progressed, you know, it, it, it was a little more eye opening that uh, that it could be a, a a real thing. You know, like it it could happen. You can make it in there just uh, you know just by putting your head down, putting in the work and stuff, not doing crazy. And then you know now, man, it's it's a whole nother ball game. You know, there's a, a massive entertainment uh, aspect to the to the sport you know, it's, it's, it's on ESPN. I mean, I mean, especially like right now with all the, the COVID stuff happening, it was the only sport on TV for a while. So being able to to be a part of it and kind of see the growth has been pretty amazing. But like, as you're going through it, you don't realize it, you know, it's just one of the things you're just kind of doing it, you're in it, and you're seeing the changes around you, but you don't see how big changes they were. And then now you look back at it and you're like, Oh shit. And that was uh yeah, it's kind of crazy. So it's been it's been uh, special to be a part of it, and uh, and everything. Like you know, now I I own a gym, I coach, and try to tell some of these younger guys. You know, like we kind of have the uh, the recipe, you know, to to be successful in this sport and how to make it these next levels and everything. And it's uh, you yeah, know we can not not take shortcuts, but we can definitely uh, put you on a, a more <laughs> accurate path than than what we kind of you know went on.
1: So you, you, you get off to this 10 no start, and you, you kind of hit more of a mainstream promotion when you head over to strike force. What'd you learn in going into a bigger, larger promotion uh, that, coming from a smaller circuit, what'd you learn about competition, about how your fighting style would progress?
0: <laughs> uh, well, I can take an open. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, I mean, well, I fought for Bellator as well. Uh, I had a fight for Bellator in, your know, first round win, and and everything and had that but uh more of the spotlight so when I got in strike force like you know they uh like they were wanting to build me you know I signed this big contract and everything that I thought like I made it I thought everything was great you know and then I go out and try to do them a favor and fight Tim Kennedy main event on uh Showtime on a week notice you know I was floating down the river having a beer when I got the phone call <laughs> and uh uh again we're talking about that little that 10 to no confidence right or 16 to no confidence uh, that had a lot to play in, you know. I thought I was unbeatable. I thought, um, you know, just no matter what I did, I was going to step in and, and find a way to win. And uh, man, I was I was very wrong on that. You know, I mean, I felt I felt confident going in. I felt good going in. I just uh, I completely overlooked uh, Tim Kennedy on how good he really was and that that level of uh, competitor. And he proved me wrong and humbled me and it showed me that I had a long way to go. If this is something I want to do serious, I really need to make some changes in my life and uh, tra- training, just the way I was living and everything. So uh, it was a huge eye opener. I was still think, you know, grateful that it happened and and thankful and stuff. And, you know, if you're going to take your first loss, taking it, someone uh, like Tim Kennedy was probably about the best thing you can do. <laughs> it's not much better of a type of person than he is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it definitely was eye opening. You know, you get in there and then, uh, It was just a learning process, you know, going to the next and the next and the next. And, you know, I was by the time I got in the UFC, I knew I was ready.
2: So that that Bellator fight uh, the next year after the loss to Tim Kennedy, you come out and you pick up a submission win, Darce Choke in the first round. Uh, What was the feeling after that fight? Did you feel like you had kind of gotten some kind of redemption, being able to take another step onto a big stage and pull it off in a spectacular way that time?
0: Yeah, for sure. It was one of those where you're know, like the, the Tim Kenny thing happened. I took another fight. Uh, and again, just completely overlooked. Somebody wasn't even training hard, just kind of just thought I was gonna go in there and, and do my thing. And I'm losing a five round decision. Uh, so I took two, you know, I did what 16 and oh and then I, I took two losses in a row. It was like, man, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe this isn't it. Like the, the runs over, whatever, I get this phone call and, uh, to, you know, to fight for Bellator. And it was, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, they're they're trying to get me, you know, like when I'm, I'm down on myself and everything. And I had, I had a lot to prove. So I I made a lot of changes for that fight and went out first round submission with the Dars, And, uh, yeah, that, that feeling, uh, definitely kind of brought me back to, my, my love for the sport, my love for competition and knowing that, you know, I, I, I need to stay on this path.
1: So during what part of that Bellator win was a five out of six, uh, wins, Won five out of six and you get to the ultimate fighter. What experiences from the ultimate fighter have you taken that you've learned from?
0: For me, the ultimate fighter was amazing. It was, uh, the, so like I said before, like going through this whole process, I was, you know, uh, going to school full time uh i was trying you know i was doing all pre pre stuff so i can get into the doctor program of uh physical therapy and then you know i worked at a nightclub i worked at a hospital during the day uh you know i did some security stuff and i worked at a uh whatever the place is called it's like a like a community center type place like a gym uh so it was a lot it was like three part-time jobs i mean i worked a lot i was really busy so it was uh was i was just always on the go and i was very busy um through everything and everything's kind of half-assed when i got in the ultimate fighter that was like my first moment where i got to live breathe eat sleep everything like full-time fighter you know i got to wake up have a healthy breakfast go get a hard practice in with some other high-level guys go back relax eat you know chill go back practice again come back relax recover and do it all over again um I was very thankful for, for the, the other cast that I had, I, you know, most, uh, most of the ultimate fighter shows, you've got some of the heads that are just there for the camera, just, uh, you know, they want to get drunk, make an ass of themselves, uh, start fights and everything. And, and we just didn't have that. We had everybody there that, you know, they all had the same goal in mind, the same mission. Uh, they all wanted to make that, that level and, and be some of the best guys in the world. Uh, which is probably why that season of being, you know, probably one of the best seasons, you know, of, of tough history. Uh, still, some some top level guys, you know, Uriah Hall, Kelvin Gastelum, you know, there, there's some a, a lot of good guys and stuff that that came out of that season. Um, so just having that that experience and everything uh, was it, it it changed it changed my life. Um, it definitely, you know, I I've, I was on Chael's team. I had Chael who was you know, one of the top guys in, in the world at middleweight, you know, going to fight John Jones at light heavyweight. Uh, he brought in Yushin Okami, who was ranked, like, third or fourth at the time. So I'm training with some of the best guys in the world. And, you know, practice is practice. But, I mean, like, be able to, like, hold my own and hang, like, prove to myself, like, hey, I, I, I deserve this. I belong here. You know, I, I'm, I'm good enough to, to hang with these guys. Uh, let's give this a shot. And then, uh, you know, even though I came up a little bit short in the house – everybody was so impressed that they, they signed the entire cast uh, to the UFC and, and had your shot there. And then, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm one of the few that's still kind of here and hanging around right now. So uh, yeah, I took full advantage of it.
2: Let's talk a little bit about getting onto the UFC roster there after the ultimate fighter. Your first uh, fight came August, 2013, uh, fight night Condy versus Compton two, uh, But before you got, uh, before you debuted on the UFC roster, you moved to welterweight for that fight and stayed there for the first part of your time in the UFC. Uh, wh- what, what was what was behind that change? Why why did you change weight classes? And, and what did that do for you early on in the UFC? So uh,
0: the Bellator fight we talked about was actually a catchweight of one eighty. Uh, I I always thought that I might be able to do one seventy. Um, I, I fought pretty regular, so like it was. And I, I cut a lot of weight and, and everything. So I just – it was – like I could I could take fights and fight pretty often at 185. Um, it, I was going to have to do everything perfect and right for 170. Uh, I actually tried out for a couple Ultimate Fighter seasons at 170. They thought I was too big. So the season before that was welterweight. Uh, I was actually out there for tryout, or it was a uh, invite only. Uh, the – the producers, we kind of had a conversation and we decided that I might be a little bit too big just to be able to make that weight over and over again. So I made middleweight the next, the the next season. Um, I was supposed to fight on the finale, either January, maybe or something like that, uh, at one eighty five, and I ended up blowing my hamstring out. So when I had that downtime to be able to, uh, to do everything I had, uh, I brought on my, my nutritionist, Tyler Minton. Uh, you know, he was a buddy of mine I met through the ultimate fighter process. And, you know, he kind of like was not begging me, but just like we kept having these conversations, you know, that that's where his passion was, was nutrition. And uh, kind of we have this conversation like, hey, man, like, I think I can get you middle, or to welterweight. Like, uh, trust me, let's try this, see how it works out. And, and man, he was, he was so right. That, that first cut to, to 170 was uh, everything was on point. It was great. I, I felt phenomenal and uh it, it really that kind of not the like oh hey i made him cuz he's he's so smart but uh, a lot of people around me saw uh the change and everything and i think that really started bringing on more clients in for uh, for tyler and now he's one of the best nutritionists in the game uh so you know just throughout the years getting a little bit older and everything i mean i cut a lot of weight through wrestling it, it just got rough, you know, so I, I need to go back to middleweight, but, uh, but I, I mean, I had like what nine, uh, yeah, like nine or 10 fights at, at welterweight and, uh, it was just getting, it was a struggle towards the end. I wrestled in college at, at 174, 184, 174. So I knew I can get down there, but, and when I was wrestling the, uh, the The risk really wasn't worth the reward a little bit. It was one of those where, you know, you had to make weight, but then an hour later you're competing. And the way I was getting my body down to that weight class was rough. So I was thinking with with MMA, okay, I have 24 hours. I can, like, kill myself to get down there. But then the next day I compete, I might feel a little bit better. And that's it. that was the case for a while. And then, you know, a little bit later in my welterweight career, uh, my – performances were were definitely hindered by the weight cut. And uh, you know, me and my, my coach Mark Montoya and then uh my, my teammate and friend James Krause, we kinda had those conversations with each other and just just say, hey man, like screw this, let's go up. It's not like I'm getting manhandled. I've never really been like thrown around at, at middleweight either. So I don't think the the strength was a problem. So we just uh yeah kinda quit cutting as much and 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 did the thing at one eighty five and you know I'm thankful now it's uh I feel a lot better I feel like I can let myself go and I'm still mentally getting over uh the the welterweight stuff so I'm kind of excited now of like adding in more volume to my game at you know being able to 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 push that higher gear and, and go cuz I couldn't do that at welterweight I was so worried about just my body shutting down and gassing out uh but yeah
1: so about in the middle part of your welterweight part of your career in the UFC the Reebok deal hit. How did that affect you personally?
0: Me personally, not a huge deal. Um, you know, I was still pretty, pretty new and, uh, I was always like on the lower half of the card and stuff. So like spot, like if you weren't really main card anyways, the sponsors weren't great. Um, I'm not a massive, you know, social media personality. So, I mean, like, the the sponsor, like, yeah, I probably lost some money on sponsors, but I didn't really have to work for it, you know, instead of having to go and promise all the shit and do everything and jump through hoops to get sponsors. It was just like, okay, here's your money given to you. Uh, I definitely lost some money, but it wasn't, like, a massive amount. Um, you know, you start getting some of these bigger bigger fights or, like, uh, you know, whatever, you start getting higher in the main card stuff. Yeah, it started, that stuff starts adding up, but I wouldn't, like, Someone who like Cowboy Cerrone and all these guys, you know, McGregor and all these guys had all these these massive uh, deals that they kind of got screwed from it. So uh, it, it wasn't a huge deal for me. Um, just kind of like took it, ran with it and didn't really try to think too negative on it. Just kind of accepted it and, uh, and went on, and went forward. But uh, I definitely knew personally some people and, and everything I saw it screw a lot of people. But uh, for me, it wasn't that big of a deal.
2: So a little bit of a technique question here. Uh, yeah. One of your big calling cards has been your submission game. 12 of your th- 23 wins have come by uh, submission. You've got darst chokes, rear naked chokes, <laughs> arm bars, guillotines. Uh, how, was that something that came easy to you once you started MMA, something that came easy to add to your wrestling background, or was that something that it took a long time for you to, to develop? Uh, it came pretty
0: easy at first. Um, you know, I had I had the wrestling background, and then there was a couple submissions that really kind of uh, hit home with me and caught on. I was I was really good at early. Um, the Dars was one. So I had uh, a technique I used in wrestling a lot, and uh, I guess you call it like I don't know Japanese necktie or wizard whatever you want to call it. But uh, basically I, I would use it to kind of like fold people over and pin them. And I use that as a lot. So I used to do it even in, in MMA. And then I was taught the Darce. So it was like, oh, I do this and the, the DARS is there. And like, it just kind of became my, my calling card for, for a while. And, uh, you know, and obviously like any typical wrestler, I think like arm triangle, stuff like that's going to be big, getting someone's back or neck could choke. Uh, I had in, uh, when I was wrestling in college, one of my, my roommates actually trained jujitsu. So I'd always play around with him and stuff, even though I didn't really know a lot and kind of learned some stuff. And, uh, so it just, yeah, definitely caught on. I felt way more comfortable on the ground, uh, than I did standing at first and, uh, and everything. And then I feel like just throughout the years progressed, I did a, uh, I became really good at finding submissions and scrambles. So instead of just like having to like technically set everything up, I found, Uh, I did really good at funneling people throughout scramble. So like I would make them move certain ways. So I could, like I knew the submission was going to present itself uh, after they made certain movements. And uh, I feel like that's, what's really helped me out in the MMA game because it's, everybody's so good now. It's like, it's hard to technically just like walk someone through your series. But if you can funnel them into a scramble or funnel them into uh they can only move certain you know so many ways i i know what options those are going to be and uh, and can find my submission so i think that's the the biggest thing with me my my submission game uh is just the the ability to, to find stuff in scrambling um and then as i kind of started trusting my my power in my hands more you know i don't really have to worry about rest and i can hit people hard and then cause them to take uh cause them to take shots and find my submissions off uh, off their takedown attempts
1: how would you say your wrestling improves upon your jiu-jitsu or vice versa?
0: Um, I mean, I'm still a pretty firm believer that, you know, having a wrestling background is going to be the, the best thing you could possibly have getting into this sport. Uh, my, not, not just because, like, I started wrestling, but my thought process on this is uh, you start wrestling on your feet. You have to learn how to move people to set them up, to take them down. And then you also learn the, uh, the, the grappling aspect, the, the ground wrestling, uh, top and bottom, how to get out, how to escape, how to control a human body and, uh, and get them pinned down to where they can't move. So uh, there's definitely some opposites and everything, but learning how to move somebody to set a takedown up on your feet, you already kind of know how to move somebody. So you can start setting up, like once you start understanding striking, know you can you can use that same type of concept of movement to pick up striking uh which is a whole nother ball game but at least the movement and that aspect of it you already kind of have down. Uh same thing with jiu-jitsu. So whenever you're in in wrestling uh, sometimes the, the, the way you're putting pressure will open yourself up for submissions you know once you kind of get that stuff figured out and everything it helps but you already have that uh that ability to control people the you already have that understanding and not even not even like worrying about someone else going through wrestling allows you or like it forces you to teach yourself how to move your body in unnatural movements and when you're able to teach your body how to move uh it's so much easier to pick up new techniques and and learn more things so uh I mean, obviously, you can do that through any other martial art, but, you know, wrestling really kind of at home because it's uh, on your feet and on the ground. So you get a little bit of both and, and, and have that, uh, that ability to either use your takedown defense to keep things standing or get your takedowns to get the fight to the ground. So um, I'm still a pretty firm believer that's the, the best background you can have, but there's still a lot more to it that you have to be able to add to that game if you want to make it to a high level.
2: Especially with the UFC kind of like you said being the only game in town for American sports the last couple months, with there's some things coming back now, but especially with that going on, do you see MMA becoming a more mainstream sport in the United States?
0: I definitely think it helps. Um, whenever that's the only sport on TV, and you know, you've got these people that's been stuck in home for for months and going crazy and just want some type of entertainment and all of a sudden you're flipping through channels and like two guys are in there fighting you're like okay I can get down with this you're like normally I'd be wanting to watch something else but if that's what's on you know it's uh if if, I mean it's a thing it's like uh if that's the only thing that that's an option you know people's gonna start watching it and then uh, they watch that first show that happened. They're like, "Oh, hey, next week we're having another." And you're like, you know what? Screw you! I'll, I'll I'll watch the other one. We'll start doing this, or you know, you start finding these uh these new fans and everything that are liking these guys and, and their style and uh and not only like were they the first ones, but they've been super consistent and busy and having shows every I mean, damn near every week. So uh, I I think it's gonna be a a, a big. Uh, thing for the sport I think it's gonna add a lot of new fans I mean I'm I'm sure some will fall off when the other sports come in if they have to pick between the two but uh yeah it's definitely not gonna hurt the deal at all I mean they're gonna you know it, I think it added a whole new uh, uh, genre uh of fans and, and and new faces and stuff for us and I mean it's a a shit deal but I definitely am kind of thankful that it did kind of happen like that and I, I think it's gonna help our sport grow a lot more.
1: So you're fighting in four weeks. What have you been doing to prepare over the past year since that loss in this long bout-a-year layoff? What have you been doing to prepare?
0: Man, I've, uh, I've been in fight camp this whole time, I feel like. You know, I mean, you're with the, the quarantine, I took a little bit of time off. But uh, I was supposed to fight in January, and uh opponent wouldn't take the fight against me. Uh, they couldn't get someone else, so it got switched. Uh, then I had to fight Andrew Sanchez in and, uh, towards the end of April. So I mean, I was I was training for January, and then I was training for uh, for Sanchez, and uh, I think it's gonna be like I don't know in Nebraska somewhere. Oh uh, yeah, so I mean, I was I was out training for that, preparing the uh, the world almost ended. <laughs> Everything kind of crazy happened, and then uh, I I came back home and and almost I it was completely different because you know, I'm like traveling training like in you know crazy mode of just uh, being focused on that and then I had this this short little break of like just being home being home with my daughter all day spending time with family my wife my dogs just like staying active but active in a different way and uh, I feel like I've been on the go like my whole career just non-stop uh, either traveling and coaching or uh, you know, fight competing myself or training, whatever it's been. And having that little, that moment of like life clarity and slow life down and, and see kind of what my future is going to hold when I'm done was, uh, was really special, but it also kind of gave me the outlook of like, uh, okay, this is kind of what I have to look for a little bit more when I'm done. So let's go all in on until that time comes and then let's go back to this. And this is going to be like the greatest thing ever. So, um, as as soon as I was able to kind of get back, get out of the house and and get back in the gym, I mean, I've been, I've been head down grinding, putting the work in and, uh, and just can't wait to get back in there and, and compete and fight again. I, I hate losing. I hate coming off, uh, you know, not great performances, and that's why I wanted to get back in in January. I mean, I immediately wanted to get back in and fight. Uh, I want to get back in January. It didn't happen April. And now it's, I got to wait till, you know, the end of August. So uh, I, I just want to get back in there and, you know, get that, that little sour taste out of my mouth and, uh, and put on a new, a new show, a new performance.
1: All right. Uh. So looks like we're going to wrap up here. Where can people find you on social media, my man?
0: Uh, at Zach Cummings, on um, you know pretty much everything around the platform. Uh, shoot me a message. I try to, I try to re- respond and uh, and talk to everybody that reaches out. I figure if you if you spend the the time to come out and send me a message, then then you earn my respect and uh, uh, and support to to come out and, and and talk to you guys. So I'm not gonna, I don't, I don't wanna try to ignore everybody and everything. So uh, Z A K at Zach Cummings uh, Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, Snapchat, everything. I'm on all of them. You know, Instagram is obviously the one I use the most. But, uh, yeah, check me out. Follow me uh, and, and watch this journey to the end of the month. And we'll go out there and put on a good show.
1: All right. Well, Zach, thank you for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. And we will see you guys in another episode.